Is this thing on? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yo. What's oh, going on, man? Yo, you crack me up. <laughs> How you doing? Holy fuck, I'm good. What you what you been up to? Nothing, man. Just hanging. I uh work from home today, so just oh yeah, going. usually I do. Usually I do like, hey, you know, welcome to the episode. But I mean, fuck it, like we're, we're live right now. We're on. <laughs> we're live. Let's go, Mike, my man. Thank What's... you for being on here. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Of course, thank you for having me. Of course, I mean, you know, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Uh, yep, we got this. I'm down. This this should be fun. <laughs> when uh, so like right before we hopped on here and we started recording, uh, Megan te- Megan texted me. And he was asking me, he was just like, who, uh, he's like, who do you have, uh, who are you recording with tonight? And I'm like, I got Convery. And he, he's just like, dude, I almost spit my drink out. He's like, Mike's a fucking, he's like, Mike's a fucking riot. And I was just, I texted our group chat, uh, him and our other buddy that we grew up with. Um, I was saying, I was just like, not even trying to gas you up. I was like, Mike's top 10, uh, Mike's top 10 all-time humans I've ever met. Cause <laughs> dude, when I first, when I first transferred to Mercyhurst, um i had my locker was right by you and elijah and you and elijah from day one were just like yo what's good like um you're the new kid like you're a locker mate like what's up and i remember like telling megan uh we went to chipotle after like our first team meeting and he was just like he's like you got a good crew over there with like uh convery and i was just like yo i'm like is that kid on crack or something like his energy is just (laughs) through his energy is just through the fucking roof and then i'm like no doubt and and then I remember Megan being like, well, yeah, like, what the fuck do you, th- like, like, what the fuck do you think you come across to people as? And I'm just like, oh, okay. I'm like, that kind of makes sense. Like, I was a little taken back by it at first, because, like, you were so welcoming, and you yeah. were just like, bro, what's good? Like, hey, you're, you're part of the boys now, so, like, <laughs> giddy up. Yeah. And uh, I, I wasn't used to it, because I've never, I mean, sometimes I'm like that, but I've never been around someone that just from the second you meet them they're like let's fucking go we're boys yeah man <laughs> well you were the transfer and me and elijah were the jersey kids we were all outcasts at that point so we were all just gelling but uh yeah i mean like uh thinking back to that i mean you you came in you were as like welcoming as, as anyone i mean we took you right into the group and you know we had a great time i think we had some great memories on that team for sure and you know i think you made a good choice in coming and joining the squad Oh, for sure. I mean, I've talked about this on previous episodes, but like, and I still say to this day that Mercyhurst uh, was the best thing, be- the best decision I've ever made Oh yeah, so far, yeah. so far in life, just because it was like, I mean, it's harder, at least from my perspective and like how I felt about it, it was the school itself was a zoo in the aspect that like, you know, not from like partying and stuff like that, but like, <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't like, I didn't find it to be super clicky, like how some colleges could be, especially like small colleges, you know, coming from, coming from Hobart, which was a super small school as well. Um, And it was kind of clicky there. So like, that was like kind of my hesitance when you guys were just like, yo, it's good. You're part of the boys now. I was like, I I don't really know you guys. So I'm going to, I'm going to baby step my way into like getting to know you guys because where where I came from, it wasn't welcoming like that. It was welcoming like that, but it wasn't genuine. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, um, I mean, yeah, like every every place obviously has their cliques, and you know there were definitely some at Merciers, but it's really the people. We were lucky to have you know pretty good class, even the the classes above us and below us. You know, some of the years, I mean, every everyone was pretty cool, and you know, everyone gelled really well. So, I mean, the cliques really weren't that crazy. You were able to jump in and out of groups, and you know, really kind of network yourself amongst the uh, the entire school it was cool 
Yeah, and I mean, call this crazy, but I actually had more fun when, like, after I stopped playing lacrosse there because it was like I had the best. (laughs) It like I had the I had the best of both worlds because it was like like one of my concerns was like, yo, okay, like I've only been here, I haven't even been here a full year, and I just got. I just got the boot from the team. So it's just like, all right, are these kids like, you know, still fuck with me? Are they going to still be like friends with me? Like that was, uh, that was something that like, you know, weighed on me. And I was yeah. just like, shit, like I just transferred here. Like, I don't even know these kids that well, but the thing that was nice was like, you guys, even though I wasn't playing on the team anymore, you guys were like still treating me as if I was on the team. So like between that and then like making um making friends outside of lacrosse and stuff like that like i just think as a, as a whole like the whole experience and the whole like mercier experience for me was the best time of my life cuz like i said like everyone is for the most part like people are genuine there and like everyone's friends with each other and then like when you go out it's just like it's like going out with like almost like hundreds of people because it's just like everyone talks to everyone yeah. which i thought was like such a dope experience no it's so true i mean I, no matter what once you uh once you joined the team i mean we, we all kind of you know took you in and became friends and whether or not whatever happened blah 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 all that crap you know we still we were still were boys i mean that that doesn't change because of uh you know coach or or other you know various you know things that went down but you know it was great and uh yeah. Yeah, no, we had we definitely had some characters on the oh team, my God. for sure. <laughs> and yeah, like that that is what I think made it the most fun yeah. is that like everyone was so outrageous in their own way. Oh, yeah. That like when we all came together, it was just one giant like clusterfuck of like energy and like what the fuck is Oh going my on? god. <laughs> Every day in that locker room was something crazy. <laughs> I mean, I, I just I, I can't even begin to, you know, describe all the characters that we had i mean fr- freaking the first guy that comes to mind is that short little fuck a Derek guy man oh my <laughs> god man that guy wore the same fucking yankees hat four years 365 days every time i saw him it was an unbelievable <laughs> you know the the dynamic between him ben crow john plasky oh joe plasky just all like they they could if they had cameras on them they would have a hit oh, reality TV God, show no, like those kids oh my gosh those kids are so fucking yeah, funny if you could be a fly um, on the wall and understand what we're talking about right now holy shit these kids are unbelievable <laughs> so like with you now like what was your like so like you know with that being said like what was your like what was your experience like with Mercers if you if you know if you could talk a little bit about that like you know starting with like the lacrosse aspect and then you know, school and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I found out about uh, Mercyhurst uh, through lacrosse. I started playing lacrosse my freshman year of uh, high school and then, uh, you know, started uh, getting into the whole recruiting process. And I, I wanted to go somewhere that, you know, you know, was, was a good team. I didn't really want to go, you know, low end D1 or, or like other schools in D2 that really weren't, you know, you know, doing anything. Uh, so I, I found Mercyhurst. I saw, I mean, they won the year before I was getting into the uh, recruiting process. So it was kind of like a shot in the dark, sending out my uh, tape to coach Ryan there. And um, I ended up getting an email back and he invited me to, uh, well, he actually talked to me on the phone first and then he invited me to uh, come and see the school. And then, you know, right when I got there after I, I, I had my overnight visit with Derek like he was the guy. wait Derek was your host yeah bro Derek was my fucking host 
unreal. I can't this this podcast. I don't know what it's rated, but I'm not going to talk about that night. But it was great. Oh no, this is unfiltered. Speak your mind. Say whatever the fuck you want. Oh my god, bro! There were fights. There were like glass <laughs> glass doors getting broke. It was fucking unbelievable. I was after I left that. I mean, I woke up the next morning and I was like, "Holy shit, I'm coming here." Yo, I'm gonna stop. I just want to stop you real quick because, like, it's funny you say that because um, I forget. I, I'm I'm I can't think of the kid's name, but he played football. And you know how Zachro used to play football. Yeah. Um, we were we were over at Jesse's the one night, just like hanging out. And uh, I can't think of the kid's last name. His first name's Mike. Uh, oh, I think it was Mike Gilepsy. Oh yeah, if I'm Mike, saying that right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. So we were just sitting there, and he because he transferred, so he came back for a weekend. Hey, went to and Tampa. yeah, and me, it was uh, it was him, Jesse, Carly, um, Zachro. And I, maybe someone else is there. I don't know. That's wow. beside the point. But we we're all sitting there. And Zachro came walking in the room and Mike was just busted out laughing and was just like, oh, he's like, you motherfucker. He's like, <laughs> he's just like, I missed you and like got all excited. And he was like, he looked at me and he's like, bro, he's like, this kid is the reason I came to Mercyhurst. And I'm like, why? He goes, he goes, he basically said like what you did. He was like, I was on my recruiting visit. He was like, um, I forget who he said who, who his host was, but he said they went to, they were in Ward. And they oh went to like God. pregame. They <laughs> said they went to go pregame at uh, in Zachary's room, and like he was living with Spangler and Dolly at the time. Yeah. And he said he walked in and saw how crazy those three were, and was just like, "Yeah, like, all right, like if the rest of the school is kind of lit like this, I'm I'm committing." And he said that they went to the football house, and he said he saw how insane it was, and he literally the next morning like told Shetzel. He was just like, yeah, um, I'm coming here. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, it's kind of funny you said that because, um, you know, I don't want to get too into it uh, because that's not the point of it. But like, that's how, like I tell Megan, I'm just like, bro, like when I first transferred into Mercier's, like I, it wasn't real life yeah. because everyone was just off the wall and everyone was just like cool with each other. And I'm just like, I felt like I was being punked. Yeah, my, that was it. It was just the people. I mean, like when, after the visit, I, I kind of like. I remember the night that I stayed, they all got together um, at like the senior house and it just, they were all gelling really well. And I was like, you know, that this kind of looks like a cool kind of team to be on. So that made it so much easier to, uh, to commit with coach. Ryan. I mean, coach Ryan asked me the next day when we were in the office, when my parents come, come to pick me up, freaking all disheveled, my eyes were bloodshot. Cause like <laughs> we ran back from freaking Briggs to ward at like 5. AM. And I had to be in the office at like seven 30, but uh, it was, it was an awesome experience. And you know, when coach asked me to commit, I was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not, let's go. Yeah, I mean, he's a pretty straightforward dude. Like, he's no bullshit. Yeah, no, no. I mean, Coach Ryan, Coach Ryan, he, he, he kind of shoots you the right way, and he'll he'll be real and upfront with you. I mean, there, he has his ups and downs, but I mean, for the most part, I mean, my experience with him, he, he was he was cool. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I mean, even though like I, him and I had our differences, and you know, there's, I mean, you you've seen it. Like even sometimes in practice, like him and I would go back and forth at each yeah. other. Or even sometimes in film, we'd go back and forth at each other. And like the rest of the team is like, like what the fuck are you doing? We're gonna be running because of you. Like I know there was a couple times in practice where he would yell at me, and I'd give it right back to him because I thought he was being unfair. And Vargo's just like, yo, chill the fuck yeah. out. Like so, like and you know. 
even that, even then, like the thing, like I'll say about coach Ryan is just like, he don't, he don't care. He just tells you how it is. And if you don't like it, tough shit, like he's, he's being honest with you. Yeah, no, exa- um, exactly. No, it's, it's so true. I mean, he'll just kind of, you know, go at you, no filter sometimes. And I mean, he's just, that that's, that's his way of coaching. I mean, that's, that's the way he's always done it. So, I mean, and he's definitely had success in the past. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like he, um, and, and, and I actually like call this crazy, but like, I actually like that style of like coaching. Yeah, I mean, because we've had it's like teams it, it, too. I mean, we, everyone, I mean, whether or not, you know, you can agree with his coaching style, like by the end of the year, I mean, the teams are good. So. Yeah. And like, that's besides the point, whether you agree with what he's doing or not, like who really cares? And it's just like, you're the player. So you really don't have a say. And I mean, like you said, like they've, they've won it. They, he won a title in 2011. They went back in 2013. And then like, like you said, when you wanted to join Mercier, you were kind of ring chasing. It's just like, he, you know, he, he knows what he's doing, whether you like his approach or not, like he, he's successful for a reason. So, but um, one thing I want to get to is like, why, like what, how did you even come across Mercyhurst? Like, yeah. So, I mean, I was my coach, um, my summer coach, I played for a summer travel team in New Jersey called United Lacrosse. And the guy that started it actually they were is co-founded by Rick Beardsley from Syracuse and uh, Steve Carcaterra, you know, Paul Carcaterra on like ESPNU that does all the fucking games. Yeah, he, uh, the, yeah, he played midfield. Yeah, yeah, so his, his brother, um, Steve, start, like, was the guy that really started it and then brought Rick in, and, you know, Steve was kind of, like, the guy that would, like, help me along in the recruiting process and, like, shot me out to different schools, um, and he was, like, you know, like, this D2 school, Mercyhurst, uh, you know, they won in 2011. I, like, they got a really good team this year. And, like, that was 2013 when they ended up going back. Um, and he was like, you know, you should you should try send your, your tape out to them. So I did. And then, I mean, pretty quickly, Coach Ryan got back to me and asked me to uh, get on a phone call with him. We talked for a little bit. And then he invited me to come out. Uh, and, you know, I, I went out there. Like I said, we had the whole overnight uh, and then I committed the next day. So, I mean, it was it was pretty fast, honestly, the way that it all went down. Um, it, it was like, I think the, I, I went up there once. It wasn't like I was up there twice trying to get a feel for it. Uh, so I went, visited Erie PA for the first time and committed to go to college there within like the first 12 hours of being there. <laughs> what is your what's your th- what was your first impression of Erie? I was like so blown away about where the fuck it was. I had never heard of the place before, but um, I mean, right when we got up, I went up in I think my, my recruiting visit was in March, I believe, and dude, it was fucking cold. Um, I mean, like it was like crazy. Um, but you know, Erie, honestly, my four years there. It, it's it's a sick spot i mean shout out hunter emerson like that that place is uh <laughs> it's fucking middle earth like like don't get me wrong like there's some fucking oh i always say it's bro. it's where they film the hills yeah, have literally. Eyes. i mean it's fucking crazy i mean you you go down state street you take a right or a left like i don't know if you're coming <laughs> home but i mean like it, it's nuts but i mean drinking capital of the world as far as i'm concerned i mean like you can't I still have not found a fucking place that has dollar import beer specials like 
that that shit just still blows my mind. It's I I say it as a joke, but I also like I'm serious when I say it. But like it's the greatest city on yeah, earth. Man. It's it's no joke. It, it was such a good time. I mean, for a college town too. Like I, it was it was awesome. When uh when a couple of my buddies like when we've had like like when Megan and I would have friends uh from you know our boys from high school like come up and visit and they would you know they'd be like oh, how you know how much money should we bring like what are we gonna be doing <laughs> you know I remember I told I our uh, my buddy Justin Dolman, who, if he's listening, he's the funniest person I've ever met. He was asking, and he was just like, you know, he's like, hey, you know, Big Red, like, how much money should I bring this weekend? Like, what are we going to be doing? And I was like, honestly, like, maybe yeah. 50 bucks. He's like, what do you mean 50 bucks? I'm like, listen, if you spend more than 50 bucks in a weekend at Erie, you probably know, need to go to, like, AA or, like, some therapy. It like, which, no knock against anyone that seriously needs to do that. But as a joke, um it's it's that type of place where like you you're there and you're just like where the fuck you can literally am I? survive like, there I for didn't... a week with ten bucks and a rack of LBLs like it, it, it's <laughs> yeah and like uh for like Brady a couple of Brady's buddies from Ohio State that went to went to Ohio State were in a fraternity there um came to visit the one weekend and they didn't even make yeah. it out they were just like yo you guys are <laughs> sick fucks like how is it how is a place like this yeah. like how do you guys no, go to it's, school? It, it's no joke. I mean, like, it's it, – it was crazy. I mean, when I think about, like, the the amount of shit that we did, I mean, it was kind of like a daily kind of thing. Everyone was doing something no matter what day of the week it was. I mean, we had practices some mornings and nights, but you could always find someone that was doing something. And, I mean, the stone was – was always bumping with at least two or three people that you knew, no matter what or what time. I mean, I don't know if like uh, was that what was that freaking the, the loner's name Pat, that like forty year old guy that was just like living there. Is that the dude that anytime? Is that the guy that any Bro. would always walk by our house, walk by the house, and be like, "Oh, oh the boys, oh, the boys oh, are." Yeah, that, no, forget what the fuck. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get yeah, so much flack for not fucking my mixes. dude's name. If people listen to this, but yeah, like that was the. The boys are back guy. I forget what the fuck his name is. Yeah. <laughs> the guy. I mean, like, yo, Will, Will Kester. Shout out Will Kester. Will had us lock our door ever since we met that guy. Like, we couldn't leave the house to go to class. So I would have to go, like, if, if the bathroom was, like, packed, I would have to go piss outside, but I would have to lock the door when I went to go piss outside because Will was so scared of this kid. The one, the one, you know, the one, uh, speaking of Will, the one Hearst day we had. Oh my God, we're not getting it. We're not getting it right now. The the one Hearst day we had, no, we ended up, uh, we got, we got two kegs and we had like all the boys over and I remember he was walking (laughs) by and Will was like coming from like the library or something and we were all sitting. Like how we used to have though, like we would get packed into your living room and just have those like uh, crazy uh, NHL tournaments <laughs> where we were all like shit talking each other and just going fucking ham, just yeah. being boys. Like, and I remember, I don't know who did. I I don't want to say it was Ben, but uh, I don't I don't want to say it was Ben, but um, I think it was. Which, if I'm correct, my apologies, my apologies. But like I remember, he got invited into the house and he was sitting there oh, on yeah. the couch. And someone, someone gave him a picture. Someone gave him a picture of beer. And I remember uh, Will when he showed up was like, it looked like he saw a ghost. Like he was ready to freak the fuck out. And then like, and then and then Crow was like, and Crow was like, yo, get this guy the fuck out. <laughs> if it wasn't for Crow, that guy probably would still be in the house right now. 
but I mean, <laughs> like, well, yeah, well, I mean, it was the kind of thing where when everyone left the party and we were cleaning up and like, I went back into my room and I was just like sitting on my desk, like Will came in. He was like, dude, like, you can't do that. Like, what the fuck are you inviting this guy in the house for? And I'm like, dude, it wasn't even me. There were like fucking 40 guys in our house and they bring in the hobo. But I mean, dude, it was, oh. it was a wild, wild day. Well, that's what I mean. Like, there's so many, like, little mini, like, like, there's so many small oh, yeah, stories like that on. that have happened that, like, that, yeah, that we can go on for days about. And it's just, like, when you, like, think of Erie as a whole and how it is and, like, how, you know, it's, like, I remember Don Perno said it to me the one time. He was, like, like Erie's yeah, lawless land. Like, you, like, like, you could just do whatever you want there. And then on top of it, like, how cheap it is to drink and how there's a drinking special every night in, in the town like that with we're a school like Mercyhurst where you have just characters all over the map. Um, dude, that's, that's why I say it was the best, the, the best experience I've ever had. Cause it was just like, <laughs> I knew what was going to happen there. It was actually a perfect storm of like shit for college kids to just have a good time. It, it was, it was awesome. Um, you know, getting back to lacrosse, like how was, you know, your freshman, I mean, it is, it is, uh, it is a, a big step going from high school yeah. to college just because, you know, the, the game's a lot faster. You got to balance being a student athlete. And it's not like high school. Like, you know, you have film, you have lift, you have like, um, I, I don't, I didn't think we did, but I remember when I was at Hobart, we had individuals. So it's like all the middies would get together and then we would be doing drills together on top of having practice and stuff like that. Um, and then you got to, you know, you got to manage like your schedule with like the lifting and, and, you know, studying and stuff like that. So like when you got in, when you came in as a freshman, um, two things, did you feel overwhelmed in terms of the, you know, the game getting, you know, a little bit harder in terms of like, you're at the next level. And then like, how was your experience as a student? Oh, athlete, yeah, as a freshman? I mean, it was just, it was such an adjustment. I mean, um i'm from new jersey so i mean the lacrosse down there it's it's much slower uh you know there's definitely schools where kids can like fly out of there and go to like syracuse and hopkins and i played on a couple of teams with kids that went really high d1 because they had skill but for the most part i mean when we're playing in like high school uh for our high school teams like the talent's just not there Mm -hmm. it's much it's a much slower game so i mean for the most part it was just a huge adjustment going into playing lacrosse in college i mean uh you know like the first practice that we had in pads actually i'll never forget we had like a scrimmage without like the coaches being there and i had i was like playing attack at the time because i think coach ryan told me like you're gonna come in and play attack like before i even put on any pads so i was like all right like we'll 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 do that so i line up an attack and i scored two left-handed goals the first time in pads playing at Mercier's, I was like, bro, this is going to be a fucking breeze. Like, this is going to be awesome. And holy shit, the fucking first practice, I got my dick kicked in. And I got fucking Greg Weil showing off, fucking kicking my ass, like de-sticking me every fucking time I tried to touch the ball. It was just, it, it was, it was tough. I mean, it was a huge adjustment. The talent was just so different than anything I'd ever seen. Um, I mean, upstate New York kids, like you're, you're upstate New York. You, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's just a faster game, bro. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's funny because like, uh, 
I like I would say like in private conversations with like you know just talking about lacrosse and stuff like that. Like I didn't think like Greg had no, no business being at Mercyhurst. No, dude. Like not even trying to guess him up because yeah. you know he's one of the boys. Um, and I you know some people may disagree, whatever. But like just from you know my experience playing D one. And um, a couple of buddies that I have that, you know, played at UNC, Cornell, Maryland. Like, he should yeah, have been no, in the school. No. In the Greg, Greg was on a different level. I mean, like, he, yeah. he, was, he was pretty humble, though. I mean, like, when, when I played with him, like, uh, you know, he he got to work. And, like, he really put in a lot of time. I mean, honestly, like, he, he was always in the gym and, like, you know, doing his thing. Yeah, so, like, oh, yeah, he's he, a dog. it all, like, paid off, but. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't regret it. I, I don't really know what uh, – I mean, I remember him, like, t- we, we talked about how we were both looking at Rutgers. I mean, like, I I went on one visit to Rutgers my junior year, and I think he was looking at them his sophomore year. So I don't know what ended up happening. But, I mean, like, yeah, Greg, Greg was just on, on a different level, man. Like, he was uh, – you, I mean his his style of play, and you it can it just shows in his like stats and what he did. I mean, what I think he was like four time All American, right? Uh, was I think he might have been. I mean, he I think yeah, he was at not, least three, but just wrong, so. I like I said, like yeah, and like we've talked about it. Like I told you, like when I first transferred, um, and this is no knock against like D two or anything, but like you know being like playing my freshman, sophomore, and then my uh, fall of my junior year at Hobart being used to playing, like, at that level where kids, like, can play with their right hand and left hand, you know, damn near flawlessly. Um, And it's like they, you know, and kids are, you know, playing all over the field. Like, there's more athletes and stuff like that. I remember the first time I went against Greg one-on-one, like, I remember I said to Megan, I was like, yo, that kid is fucking different. Like, he is good. Like, he – uh, yeah, he he can ball, uh, but um, like so after you had that scrimmage, where you scored, you know, you scored, and you're just like, yeah, this is gonna be a breeze. Like, <laughs> was it smooth no. sailing on from uh, there on so out, like, or like next? Uh, I think next day we had like uh, our first practice, and I think Coach Ryan came, and uh, I don't remember exactly, but I remember like us going through like uh, like shooting drills, and it was like helmet six and gloves or something like that, and. Uh, like, it was just, I was like, all right, yeah, like, I'm getting along, getting along with this. And then I'm, like, starting to get yelled at for my technique. I'm like, shit. Like, thinking that I'm doing right might be wrong. And then the next day we do a scrimmage and I'm just getting the shit kicked out of me. Like, I'm getting tired. I was, like, out of shape right when I came in. I mean, like, most of us freshman year, we didn't understand what, like, in shape was. So, like, it took a little bit for us to kind of get acclimated. But, I mean, it's just a whole other level. I mean, college across from high school across, I feel like no matter where you're going, um, it, it's just a different – it's a different ball game altogether. Now, looking back on it, um, you know, going off of what you're saying, because this is what – I truly believe this um, is that, like, I think that college sports, like, whether you're playing D1, D2, D3 – um, when you're at a school that is, you know, like Mercyhurst, Mercyhurst is always like top 10 for D2. And um, even, you know, like when I was at Hobart, we were never top 10, but like we played teams like, you know, we played Syracuse every year. That was our big rival. Uh, Cornell was another big rival. And then my freshman year, our conference was uh, Michigan, Loyola, Fairfield, 
uh, Denver Air Force, Ohio State. Um, and it made me realize, like, because like I said, like when I, I didn't I didn't play my freshman year and, you know, sophomore year I got hurt and then my junior year I transferred. But it like and even when I got to Mercier's, it's just it's like the next man up mentality. Like you're there. Like, yeah, obviously you're having fun. Yeah. But like it, at the end of the day, it's a business. Like I remember that first year I was there, we went eight and six and Coach Ryan that entire fall was, oh, yeah. was always throwing it in our face. And he was just like. He was just like, I am not going to lose my job because you no, guys so don't have your priorities straight. And it's just like, and it's just like, well, it, no one tells you that when you're getting recruited, and no one like, no one put. I mean, maybe for some people they do, but like for me, like yeah, I well, never. You don't even think I don't know how you feel way. about you that, but I was never team like, and it's all about you. No, let's look into this team, and now you're going to be able to say you played college across, and you're thinking about you, 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 and then you realize like if you don't perform, you know you're making the coach look bad you're making your teammates look bad like it's it's a whole other thing than uh than just what you know what you're originally thinking of during the recruiting process which is obviously just you yeah and did you um did you ever because i know like when i was at hobart i felt that way um after the like during the fall of my freshman year i mean i kind of i got it out of my head um after the fall of my freshman year but did you ever feel at one point like damn i yeah i don't i don't know if i actually i mean because like you know if i think about my whole college experience all right well so like then one of the things i want to ask you and like pick your brain on because i i kind of feel as though for me personally like i find it to be important um like for just from the mental aspect of it uh for you know kids anyone that's listening that is like a high school kid that's playing lacrosse or, you know, maybe a kid that's in, you know, in college right now playing lacrosse. Was there ever a moment? Cause I know I did my freshman year. Was there ever a moment where like you kind of felt you were way in over your head and you're just like, damn, like, like I know, I know I'm decent, but like, and I know, like, I feel as though as I'm good, not in like an arrogant way, but like, like this is just another level that I was not expecting. And you kind of like second guess yourself and you doubt whether you like you belong on the team or not. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I was – my whole experience playing on the team, I mean, it, it kind of went up and down. Like, my freshman year I came in, um, and, like, you know, it was a huge adjustment. I wasn't even seeking playing time. I thought, you know, I just got to, you know, make sure that I'm getting in shape. I'm, I'm sticking with these guys and picking up all the things that I can to be able to be ready for sophomore year. Sophomore year, um, I was, expe- like, hoping to get a little more playing time. But, you know, we – we also had a really good team, man. Like we had pe- people playing on top of me, like an attack that, I mean, I, I'm not like uh, the kid on the team that like sits there and bitches and moans and like, is like, Hey, why me? Why not me? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, we had kids that were legitimately much better than me. They were playing on top of me. So I kind of took that as like, you know, like I got to make sure I'm working hard and, you know, getting reps in, you know, making sure the practice is, is running smoothly. Um, but there was definitely a point where I was sitting there and I'm like, you know, I'm not the, the lacrosse player that most of the guys on here, you know, are like they they were much more talented than I was skill wise. I think the IQ was the biggest thing. I mean, like I, I started playing my my freshman year in high school and most of these guys have been playing since they were kids. I mean, like they knew like different, you know, uh, rotations and like where, where to find open men. And like, it, it was just a whole other thing that I had lacked at that point. Um, so it was, I, I kind of realized that, you know, like maybe 
I wasn't, you know, the best like kid on the team or, you know, my shot at playing a lot wasn't going to be like, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be playing a lot. So, I mean, but then again, I'm not really the kid that uh, that quits shit. So I, I, knew, I always knew I wasn't going to like quit the team. I knew that I like uh, I really liked the people like we talked about earlier. So, I mean, I knew I didn't want to transfer. Um, but I, I, like at some point, you know, it, it was definitely where I realized that, you know, this wasn't my thing. Like I, I didn't I, I originally thought I was coming here to play lacrosse. And then I realized, you know, I'm here to actually, you know, get an education and start really studying in school and, you know, paying attention in class. And that kind of took me to another another route where, you know, it, it was easy for me to like kind of balance the student athlete once I kind of figured out that, you know, I was there to, for first school, essentially. Um, but yeah, it, it was definitely an adjustment, man. Yeah. I mean, well, the, and that's the thing too, is this like, you have those self doubts, but like at the end of the day, like, a co- like it's hard to it's hard to contextualize it when you're in that moment and like you're in your own head of like fuck like I'm I, I feel like and like the learning curve is like it's a it's a pretty steep like learning curve oh, in yeah. my opinion at least um it might not be for most but I mean it's like you go from it's like zero to a hundred I feel and then it's just like just fucking hold on for dear life and you just hope you can get better in the process of that but um I feel as though that like a lot of people fail to realize that it's just like, like, and I know I had these conversations with Megan, like when, you know, when he at first wasn't getting the time that he was hoping to get. And like, he was talking to me about it. I was just like, at the end of the day, dude, like there's not many kids that play high school sports and then go on to play college sports. It may seem like it, it may seem like there is because like you're playing, your friends are playing and like, you're in that group of like, oh, all my buddies are going to play college, college, like going to play college sports. So like, this yeah. is normal, but like a coach is not going to waste a spot on a team if you legitimately cannot contribute in some way, shape or form. No. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like hey, if you don't, if you, if you're not like committing to it though, and like really like, you know, making sure that you're putting in like the time, like I mean, there's, there's, there's two different levels. I mean, if you're a good enough athlete, you know, the game real well, you're going to be able to play on a team. If you're like not putting in the, the college athlete time, then you're not going to play. And like, you know, you can get by, um, but I mean, there's that whole, I mean, how, what's the percentage of freaking student athletes to like regular college students? I, I don't even know, but it's, I think bad. it's, I, I saw something, I saw something on TikTok and like, I don't even know if this is true or not, but they were like ranking like the top five, like easiest sports to get recruited, um, to get recruited in. And I think it was like 3% of all kids that play college. I mean, no, 3% of all kids that play high school lacrosse end up going and playing college at, at like some level of D1, D2, D3. But if you think about it, like 3% is like, that is such a small number. That's such a small number. And like, um, to your point about the IQ, like that's, that's like what, that's what for me, like had me in my head of like, yo, I don't know if I belong here. Cause it was just like in high school, um, I was, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying this in like a, like I'm the man type way, but like, you know, I was always bigger than every single person. Like I was always taller than everyone that I played against. So like I had the advantage of like, you know, like leaning on people, being able to shoot over people and, you know, you know, put lower my shoulder, you know, kind of like how John Plasky played, yeah. like just lower your shoulder and just put it in the net. And um, then when I got, got to Hobart, it was just like, okay, there's kids that are smaller than me. 
that are fast as fuck or if they're you know smaller than me they're monsters and they're just stupid athletic and they're strong as shit so and then to add to that you know the the like the level up in terms of like the athleticism and the the type of athlete you're going against in lacrosse is that like you'll get kids that aren't athletes but they know the game (laughs) like they know the game so well that they could coach it themselves and it's just like the mix of the increase in athleticism and then the IQ of the game. It's just like, and how fast the game actually moves. Like you could get lost in that translation of like, yo, I might be in over my head here with this. Yeah, literally. And it's definitely like, I mean, at least for me, I mean, it was just kind of like a battle where I was always weighing like, like, is this the right thing? But I mean, at the end of the day, I always pull myself. I mean, it was, it was always, always about like the boys and, you know, not, oh. I didn't want to be like the kid that would like, you know, skip out on, on the season if things are going tough and shit like that. And, and you know, like the friends that we made and, you know, it, it, it kind of felt like more than, than just like the team. I mean, at least, you mm-hmm. know, to me. So I, it, it was never like a question where I wanted to like back out of it. But I mean, yeah, like there's there were so many days where you're like feeling like you're in over your head and, and like you might not belong, but, you know, you just got to kind of power through it. Yeah, and that's like it's you know it's funny you say that because that's like uh, my buddy Zach he played at Lake Erie, but you know um, I was talking to him and I was telling him I'm just like <clears throat> I'm like dude I, it's I'm like some of the kids that like didn't get the time that they were expecting to um, not because you weren't good because like I said like you, if you're not good you're not you're not even gonna be able to play at Mercyhurst because it is like a higher it's like a you know it's a top ten D two school um, so at the end of the day like there's no like there's no scrubs on the team. Um, I mean, there might be in terms of like, there might be scrubs on the team. Like, I didn't think there was any scrubs on our team, but I'm saying like, there could be scrubs on the team in terms of like what the talent pool is, but overall, like overall. Yeah. And I, and dude, I, it was, it was the funniest to me because like, you know, when I was there my freshman year, you didn't really play that much, but anytime that there was a goal, it was like, you just won the first place in the Olympics. Like you were one of those energy guys that were just, Getting the boys all fired no, no, up. Exactly. <laughs> Getting the boys all fired I mean, up. I'm gonna and make just the like... fucking best out of it, man. It, it, it was a good time. Yeah. I mean, I I wasn't allowed down at the end of the fucking the bench with fucking uh, Will and Joe. I, I guess I wasn't in that cool club, but I mean, it was a, it, it was just, <laughs> so it was always a crazy sideline we had going. Yo, I can see Joe just being like, "Go fuck yourself." Yeah, Joe. Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, you know, like you know, summon up your lacrosse experience and shit like that. Like if you were, if you were, you know, if there, I mean, I know like, you know, you've done coaching and stuff like that here mm-hmm. and there. And then obviously um, your high school is kind of big for lacrosse and, you know, you still stay in touch with a couple of the younger guys. Um, like if they were to be like, Hey Mike, like I'm trying to go to college. I'm trying to play lacrosse. Like what, like, what is your advice on that? I mean, make sure, you know, you know what you're getting into. I mean, you, you kind of got to, Ask questions. If you, if you don't uh, know a lot of people that are playing college across, then, you know, kind of wherever you're getting recruited, you know, when you go on your visit, talk to talk to the players about like the commitment and what they're doing on a daily basis. And, you know, because it, it's it's a job, man. It really is. I mean, to balance a student athletes like workload for like class and practice, film sessions, meetings, random meetings, like it's just it's a lot so you got to know that what you're getting into i mean and if and if you are going to do it you got to commit to it i mean it's it's something that you you can't really half ass i mean 
there, there's you can go through the motions, but it's only going to get you so far, and it'll probably lead you down like a, a path where you, you ultimately just start questioning what the fuck you're doing there. Um, but you know, if if you choose to do it, it there's going to be ups and downs, but you know, power through it, and you know, you you'll make some good friends, and and it's definitely a rewarding experience. It's something that. I mean, for for like the job search after college, too. I mean, you throw that you're a student athlete on a, a resume, and like people kind of really jump at it. I mean, you you got the ability to multitask and time manage, and and, and it's it's something that really uh really will carry you far in life. Now, what now? Now you said like ask the right questions. What do you what do you think are the right questions to ask? Uh, well, definitely what I said about like you know what the workload is I mean, what's going on as far as like the scheduling, how much time people are putting in. I mean, if like there, there's different players, like different things that you could be looking for. Like if you're trying to play, like walking in there, you got to like, know like what the situation is. Like don't, don't commit to a team where if you, if the only, all you want to do is in uh, all that you want to do is go in and play as a freshman like don't don't jump on a team with like six attackmen on the team and like three attack, you know, kids coming in with in your class already. Um, but other than that, you, you know, you just gotta make sure that you're getting into the right like mold, the, like with the team. You know, everyone's getting along and shit like that. Um, and the, I mean, dude, there's a million questions that you could ask, but I think the, that's the most important one is just, you know, what everyone's what everyone's doing there and what the schedule is looking like. Yeah, and one one last question on this before we move on to you know we move on in the you know in our conversation. But like, what is your thought on how you would guide you know your younger self? You know, a senior in high school. No, I won't even say senior in high school. Like you're in high school, you're about to get recruited. You you know you're potentially getting offers from you know schools that you're like holy fuck like I didn't know I I, I was gonna get an offer from that school um, or. And basically what I'm trying to say, even though I sound like a fucking idiot right now, is like, for example, like if Maryland was to offer you, right, like you have you have Mercyhurst offering you, you have this hypothetical, you have Maryland offering you, you have Mercyhurst offering you, and then you have like, say, you know, Canisius or Mount St. Mary's or, you know, Marist or even Hobart, like, a you know, mid mid-level D1 school, like what is, what would your thought process be? if you were giving advice to your younger self in the sense of like, okay, do I go to Maryland, sit the bench and be on a team and potentially never, you know, contribute besides a couple plays here and there, you know, because you're self-aware of what type of player you are, or do you go, um, are you like, okay, I'm going to go mid-level because, you know, I, I might be able to get in by my sophomore junior year, or are you like, I'm going to go to Mercier's because it's D2, no knock against D2. But if I'm getting recruited by Maryland and, you know, a couple of these other schools, I can go to D2 and just play right away. Like what would your thought process that and that be? And, you know, not to get long winded, I only asked that and I'm fascinated by that because I, when I committed to Hobart, I saw that schedule and I'm like, yep, I'm here. Yeah. I'm signing. Like, I'm just like, I, because I saw like, I'm like, cause I wanted to go to Syracuse yeah. to play. Cause that was the first college game I ever saw was Syracuse Denver. And then like, I saw that we played Ohio state, yeah. Denver, uh, Michigan, all those schools. And I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't even know if I can play the coaches recruit me. So boom, I'm doing it just because I want to play against those schools. And then I never ended up actually 
playing a single game and then I ended up transferring. So like, you know, I'm, I don't know if that was, that was kind of all over the place, but like, what is like, you know, what do you have to say well, about that? I mean, now like me answering that question today is definitely different from me answering it like two years ago, three years ago. I mean, right now, we'll give, uh, if you don't yeah, mind, give well, both I mean, sides. Right now I'm, I'm like in the beginning stages of setting up my career and, you know, um, I got some things going on where I'm like now uh, applying to jobs that, you know, I didn't even know existed like a year and a half ago. So, I mean, answering your question, John, I'm fucking getting the Maryland degree and I'm riding the bench, but I'm going to go to my employer and say, yeah, I graduated at Maryland. I mean, like, that's just me right now. Um, not even thinking about lacrosse. I mean, I had friends that went to Penn State that got in because they were on the, they like got signed as rugby and they couldn't get in academically. And then after Mm -hmm. the rugby coach, you know, went to the school and said, Hey, like we want to bring this kid in. They ended up like quitting just to get into the school. And like, that's probably something that I would suggest. Like if, if lacrosse can take you somewhere, go let it take you to the best fucking school you can go to. Um, whether that's for what you want to do, if you're like, if you want to like major in engineering, let it take you to a fucking sick engineering school. If you want to do sports broadcasting, like get into Syracuse and then fucking quit the team. I don't fucking care. But like, just for me personally, looking back on it, it, it was it was all about lacrosse when I made the decision to go to Mercyhurst, and then I realized how important the degree and like. The education was, you know, now setting up my uh, my future. So, like, if I were to talk to my 18-year-old self, it would be exactly that. Find the best school you can get into for what you want to do and, you know, think of lacrosse as secondary. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm lucky that I had my mom, like, to guide me yeah. with that because, she, like, she shared up, which is kind of crazy, like, looking back, um, looking back onto, like, how everything, like, unfolded, like, I remember she told me she was just like she was like Hobart Hobart's a great school like Hobart is you know it's not Ivy League but it is like then like the top it's a top tier school that's not yeah. Ivy League if it's like you know it's like a it's like a Georgetown and stuff like that um I would say on that type of level due to like the how hard the professors challenge you like I remember I was working my face off in the library to even get above a three Oh at Hobart. But then I come to Mercyhurst and you know, we were talking about it earlier. You drink six days a week and I'm, I'm like, okay, I got a three Oh doing that. Like if I was at Hobart doing that shit on top of lacrosse, I would have probably failed mm-hmm. out. You know what I mean? So um, like my mom was, she told me straight up, she was just like, honestly, like I think Mercyhurst is the place for you. I think you should go there, but you got to make the decision yourself. And Hobart is a good school and there, it is good lacrosse, but um so that's that like that that whole question like always interests me because I feel like you know obviously like when you as you get older you grow you mature like your mindset evolves and it becomes different and your priorities become different but I always like am fascinated by like if you could go back in time like what would you yeah. tell yourself with everything that you know now um well, that kind of leads us into the next thing I wanted to discuss with you um college as it as it of itself do you feel as though that um college properly prepares you for the real world or um you know what is what is your whole thought process on that because i know you you've bounced around in terms of like jobs and what you've wanted to do and like i've done the same and like i don't even use my degree so like i'm curious like you know what other things about that 
I, I kind of go back to the whole like high school thing. I kind of have a problem that like high schools don't gear you up towards what you want to do. Cause I, I think about it like in high school, that's kind of where I figured out that I kind of, that I wanted to go to law school. And then when I went to college, my first day, they were like, pick a major. I'm like, all right, dad. I like literally turned to him. I was like, what the, what the fuck did you major in? And he was like political science. I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever the fuck that is. I'll, I'll do that. So, so I'm in political <laughs> science and minor in history because that's like literally what my dad did. And he went to law school and became a lawyer. And that's what I wanted to do. Um, but that being said, right now, I'm not going to law school anymore. So that should just be an indicator of, you know, in high school, they fucking they should at least, you know, run a couple classes where they introduce you to different types of career paths and shit like that. Because, I mean, my great-grandfather, grandfather, and dad were all attorneys, and, like, that's all I ever knew. Um, but it wasn't until I, like, was literally sitting there applying to law schools, and that then the coronavirus hit. And I'm, like, looking at what it's going to cost me over the next three years. I'm just like, fuck, dude. Like, I, do I really want to spend the money right now to hop in on this? Like, do I, re- do I really want to do it? And uh, then I kind of realized that I was just following the path, and, and it wasn't my own, so... I decided to take some time, kind of pull back and, you know, look at other careers that I could possibly be getting into. And, you know, I found a, a general field of what I want to do um, that kind of had, had a little bit of a, it has a spin on legal. So, I mean, I can't really say that, like, I went down the wrong path completely, but I mean, I just wasn't aware of all the other kinds of like careers that you could be getting into. And, uh, you know, that's that I feel is a problem. I mean, college, college, I wouldn't even put the blame on them. I mean, you pick what you want to major in and then they kind of do their best at teaching you what it was. But I mean, like fucking political science, like what the fuck? How, I'm sorry, but I grad, I have a degree somewhere in my house that says political science. I still don't know what the fuck you can do with a political science degree other than be a professor. Like you can literally go be a, a you can major in marketing, you can major in business, you can major in fucking computer science and you could go be a politician. It's not a political science degree. I don't get what the fuck it means. I'm dude, I'm with you on that because it's, you know, we're kind of similar in the aspect of like yeah, my mom does real estate law, so like I and then, you know, her and I would always watch like Law and Order and like all these like crime shows and shit. So like I was always like, "Yo, I want to be an attorney." And then you know, I also wanted to be an attorney from yeah. the financial aspect of it because like, um, you know, you know me, I have, I have, uh, some bold opinions and, but I don't, you know, try to project them on people. I just like to bring them up in terms of like, just bouncing ideas off, off people and trying to, you know, figure it out, like what they think about it. But like, to your point about high school, like, I, I don't think high school, you know, um, I would say nurtures, I don't think high school nurtures kids based on their personalities and their skill sets and their talents. And I mean, like when you're a teenager, like, you know, you're still trying to figure out like who the fuck you are. You're yeah. very confused. You know what I mean? Um, like it's easy to be peer pressured and influenced. Um, and I don't think you necessarily know what you want to do, but I also feel as though that like school in and of itself, it, it teaches you to be nothing more than an employee. Like, um, like they're kind of like if you were to be like, hey, I uh, like I remember I was in study hall and I I've, I I think I've said this on every podcast so far when I when I talk about it and I will in the future and I'll probably sound like a broken record. But I had study hall my freshman year of high school and I didn't have anything to do. And, the 
you know, the, whoever was running the study hall was like, Hey, he's like, yeah, I need you to pull something out, like do some homework or something. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, me just being stubborn that I, and you know, being st- stubborn that I am. And, and I was just like, Oh, I'm like, I already got my homework done. I have nothing to do. And they're like, we have to pull out something and work on it. And I'm just like, well, yo, this is study hall. Like, can I just sit here? And you know, but yeah. didn't, we didn't have phones at the time. Like, I mean, you do have phones, but that was when it was like, it needs to be locked in your locker. Like you right. can't even be looking at it in the bathroom. Like they're super strict. So I was just like, I have nothing to do. And I remember coming home and I was so mad. And I mean, you know, my mom, like she just lets me talk and she doesn't ever say anything. Um, she's just like, okay. Like, she's never like, no, that's wrong. You got to do it. Like she's kind of, she's kind of always raised me as like an adult and like, well, do you think that's wrong? Do you think that's appropriate? And rather than being like, don't do that. Um, and so like I said to her, I was like, it doesn't make sense. I'm like, why do I have to do something when it's a free period and she just like looked at me and she goes, well, welcome to the real world. And I was like, well, what do you like, what does that mean? And she's like, well, that's life, John. Like, unless you are a boss, like, and I'm not saying that in, a, in terms of a status, like, unless you are calling the shots, you're the boss or you run your own company or you have your own little small business or you're yeah. like a little entrepreneur or something, or you're, you're an artist, you know, you're, right. you get into music. Like you get what I'm saying here. She was like, that's how it is. Like, it's a nine like that's what the real world is it's a nine to five you show up when you're supposed to you know you only get certain amount and she was telling me this when i was like whenever however old you are when you're a freshman like 14 years old um she was you know and she was telling me that and it struck a chord with me and i was just like fuck that that sounds like prison (laughs) like wait wait i said to her i was like wait a second so what what happens if uh I can't get off work and we're supposed to go on family vacation. She's like, well, if you don't have time, you either get written up or you get fired. And I'm like, well, I'm like, what the fuck? And so like, I like, you know, me being the little asshole I was when I was younger, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try something. And I purposely didn't turn into turn in a book report. And I remember the professor was like, look, it's like automatic 20 points off. If you don't like, if you don't turn it in or you don't have it. So I had it, but I didn't turn it in at the beginning of the class. And I didn't even like flash, flash my paper to like show the professor or not the professor, the teacher that they could check it off and that I had it. And I turned it in at the end of class and they're like, why didn't you turn it in earlier? And I was just like, oh, I'm like, um, I'm like, I left it in my locker. And so I brought it to him before the period ended. And he was just like, yeah, well, you know, I can't accept this at full credit. I, I rules are rules, 20, 20 points off. And I, and um, I had class with that same teacher later in the day. And I, you know, I raised my hand because we were talking about something in class. And I, I asked him, I said, I don't even remember who the teacher was, but I was just like, I was like, so do you, t-? I said, are our grades based on obedience or are our grades based on like actually knowing what we're talking about? And he like, didn't say anything. And he was like, excuse me. And I was like, well, you, you gave me 20 points off. I, I had my paper. I just didn't give it to you when you wanted me to give it to you, but I still did it. Um, and there was no way of me printing it in school. Like, just imagine a 14 year old talking to you like this. Like, I'd be like, yo, shut your mouth. <laughs> but like, but my professor, like, or not, for, I can't I keep saying fucking professor, but my teacher was just like, stay, stay after class to me. And he said, look, I can't have you interrupting my classes like that. And I can't have you, you know, being disrespectful. And in the manner you were, you know, you just brought up a very valid point, but it's the tone and how you're talking that makes you come across as disrespectful. But I'll tell you this you understand something that most people don't understand. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you why, just, just, um, just run with it, but be respectful. And I couldn't, and I remember like talking to Dr. Federici, you know, we had class with him and he taught class in like such a, like our con law class. 
we he would be like like at the one case we were discussing right. was Obamacare. He was like, "Is this constitutional?" And everyone was kind of like looking yeah. for him to tell us what was right. And he was like, I don't know. Do you think that's right? And everyone's like, well, what do you think? He's like, it doesn't matter what I think. What do you think? He's like, that's the that's the point of education. Like, you have to be independent and, like, think on your own. And I remember talking, you know, and I'm starting to get long-winded, but, you know, going in his office hours and talking to him. And he, you know, essentially, like, it, it connected the dots for me that it's just like, yo, like, school teaches you to be an employee. Like, they don't really nurture you to go after and, you know – Maybe, maybe a nine to five isn't for you, but school doesn't teach you that school teaches you, Hey, get good grades, get into college, get a job, go work a nine to five that, you know, pays you health benefits, pays you this, gives you two weeks off for the entire year and, and do that. And I just think that with some people that, it, that, that are very creative, not talking about myself, cause I don't think I'm that creative, but um, for certain people that are, you know, creative and that, you know, that structure of school isn't for them i think oh, in yeah. the in a in a way yeah, that no, it, it kind of I mean, fails you can go both, i mean like how many fucking entrepreneurs have we heard of that are now like changing the world the most rich fucking people in the entire world that never went to college and i mean like the, college isn't for everyone i mean it's a safe route to go if you don't know what the fuck you're doing and if you don't have like i mean what I, you can't even say that because like people will eventually figure it out i mean there's it's a weird kind of debate. I mean, you can definitely say that you like college is not like, you don't you don't need to go to college and you can find your own way, but you got to be committed to finding that way. I mean, or you can go to college, try to figure out what you want to do, have that degree and then use it to the best advantage that you can and try to get a job. But like the nine to five thing, there's pros and cons of it. There's pros and cons of being a boss and, you know, for me personally, watching my dad be his own boss, I figured out that I don't want to be my own boss. I mean, that's just the way that it goes. Like you can, you know, like, so you can like kind of think about it in both ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, my dad goes like figures out how he's like going to go about his schedule. He can leave every day to go pick up my sister at school. And at the end of the day, when he like goes to bed, he's all also worrying about how he's going to get the next check coming in. So, that's pretty scary. I want to make sure that I'm getting my check every two weeks with the same amount that I know I'm getting. And, you know, if I need some days off, I can schedule that with my employer. And I, you know, that kind of job security is something that I feel me personally, I want to have, you know, moving forward so that I can think about other things and and not have to like, you know, worry about, you know, a business, you know, 24 hours of the day. Well, I mean, it's different. It's different for different kind of people. Yeah, no, like, absolutely. Other people can do it. Other people can't. I mean, it's 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 just, you know, the uniqueness of of the human, I guess. Yeah, I I completely agree. And like, um, you know, going to that point, like you said, like you you witnessed your dad be his own boss. Yeah, and you're right. like, yo, that's nah, that's not for me. I need to go the route of. Nine to five, which is totally yeah. fine. Like I'm not shitting on that, even though it, oh, no, no, if it did come across that that was how I was, like, you know, yeah, no, yeah. I'm I'm mainly saying for like people that are listening, like to be like, yo, fuck this kid, like oh. you know what I mean, like what does he know? But I'm just saying, like for me, like me personally, no, I was just dude, like, yo, that feels like me, fucking hell. Like, I mean, or, like, like I don't too, but like I mean, like all my friends, yeah, are, like working their nine to five jobs. I mean, I got a couple of friends that are working like like six to eight and and they're fucking hating it like it sucks but i mean like it's 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 gonna come down to what you want yeah and like 
the security you want, what you want to do. I mean, but then again, like what you were saying, John, like it doesn't have to be like that. If you, if you want to find your own way and working outside the nine to five realm and being your own boss, like as long as you get down to it, you know, you'll make it work. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you know, kind of like, you know, come having this go for full circle with the conversation. It's, I think that, you know, I, you know, I, I've said to you guys, like when we talk, like the boys, like I'm always like, fuck college, it's a fucking scam. Like, it's not, it's not a scam. Like getting educated is extremely important. And uh, just in terms of like teacher, like it's, you know, this as well as I do that, like, it's it, it having a, having a good teacher oh, can yeah. severely impact your life in terms of like how successful you are in the future and stuff like that. And um, so like, I, I would never shit on, um, you know, the job of a teacher or professor, because I think it is a, you know, an underpaid position. And yeah. I think that it doesn't get the respect that it deserves, but, you know, coming full circle, it's, you know, I say college is a scam oh, in the absolutely. sense of like the economics of it. Like, I think that it is, and I think it's an economic decision because it's just like, you know, you're, you know, I don't think that like the P it's the fault of the school system as a whole or like the, our teachers that we had in the past, but like, it was like, Hey, you go to school, you get a degree, you, you know, you make yourself more marketable, which in turn gives you more money and gets you a better position than someone who didn't go to college. Well now, like you were saying about all these people that, you know, are changing the world and all these things, they were college dropouts, stuff like that. You know, you get more people going to college the value of the degree starts to diminish a little bit, not, right. not for every major, just for some, but, and then colleges are, you know, becoming more expensive because more and more people are applying and going, which then makes the rate of acceptance dip a little bit. And then it's just like, okay, well, if you can't get a scholarship, you can't get a grant, you, you know, you're not playing a sport. Like you potentially might go to a school that is anywhere from 40 to 50,000 a year. And if you're not like, and if you're not getting a scholarship or any type of money that can help you and you don't come from a family that has the financial means to, you know, help you or give you that cushion, like yeah. you're going to be graduating Paying with a shit years, ton man. of fucking no debt. Joke. And it's like that, that yeah. no. And like that, that you carry for the rest of your life because the, I mean, you know, we, we, we won't get into this. Well, this will be a talk for another yeah. day, but like the government owns 98% of student loans. So like, as much as they want to rant and rave about no, student loan forgiveness, people know that's definitely that a conversation for another day. But so, absolutely, and um, and um, and like the thing is, is like I have friends that like have like one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand yeah. dollars worth of debt, and it's just like fuck, like that, the, like and you know, not naming names, and he didn't go to Mercyhurst, but one of my boys, like yeah, he pays no eight hundred dollars a month in student loans, and it's just like, well, I. And yeah. And like, I, and I said, to, like, I had this conversation with him and, you know, I'm just like, dude, like, yeah. you know, thankfully I don't have any student loan debt. Like I'm good, but it's like, okay, you're paying $800 a month. If you had $800 a month that you could put into a compounding interest fund for retirement, uh, like if you can put $800 a month into a mutual fund retirement account, or even like a 401k a Roth IRA, or even like a fund to eventually buy investment properties, invested into real estate, invested in the stocks like that. Like you're setting yourself up for retirement to have a shit ton of money that when you go to retire, but having that much to pay in student loans every year, that kind of like, yeah, in that, a way no, that like kind of fucking It's definitely like an economic scam and like something's got to be done about it. But I mean, like that, that kind of shit will ruin you way down the road. I mean, like now I'm trying to, 
think about different investments to be making to make sure that I'm able to retire. I mean, like, it's kind of crazy to talk about it, like, 25, 24, 24. But, I mean, it's just shit that you, like, have to think about now in today's present age. And it's it's kind of scary that you're set back with mm-hmm. the price of college being what it is today. Yeah, and, I mean, for me, like, I get a little fired up about it because it's just not in a bad way, but it's just, like, these are conversations that like I have never heard in a classroom or in a lecture. It's always, you hear these conversations, like, dude, like I, yeah. the first time I had one of these conversations with was with your dad and your dad was like, what do you like, what do you want to do? Cause you clearly don't want to, you clearly don't want to be an attorney or something like that. And like, he even said, he was just like, these are conversations that they should be teaching kids in high school and um, in college. And that's kind of like where I get off on the whole college is a scam because it's just like, I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely feel, even if no one else agrees with me, that like if you can sit a kid down and say, hey, this is what your future could look like based on these things and put those options in front of the kid like, yo, don't go to college, but do know you might not get a good job because you don't have a degree, like give the pros and cons for everything. You may find that, you know, it, it could benefit the kid longer in the run the the future and like i get so fired up about it is because it's just like that type of information and that type of knowledge you have to go and seek outside of school when i genuinely feel i mean actually recently i kind of figured this out like there's there's ways that they could do it easily to you know make that whole experience much better i mean i actually just went through kind of an experience where i was applying to a uh a position at TD, um, and uh, no, just he. It was like uh, just Ameritrade? a corporate office in New York, and I like <laughs> I, I. They just didn't. I think they were like kind of cutting the uh, hiring process. I mean, it was right in the middle of COVID, and they uh, sent me this thing when they like turned me like away, and it was like here, why don't like try? It. We uh, partnered with this software. Uh, it kind of, like you. It's like a twenty minute like. Uh, like questionnaire and like basically what it did is just ask you all these questions that kind of put your skills and like your personality and like everything like at the forefront and then at the end of the questionnaire it like or the at the end of like the uh i forget even what the correct word is for it but it was it was kind of like is it the it was like some software that they had just like come up with at tv that like you know they just partnered with this per- this like company but you know, it's it's exactly like that it's like a personal preferences report and shit like that and then at the end it kind of like it says like this is what like your strengths are like you, you're highly motivated you're a leader you do shit like this blah 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 and then like at the end it, it says you know these are careers that you would like thrive in i mean funny for me the first thing on mine was attorney which fucking sucked to read but I mean, like, I was just like, damn, like this thing definitely has me down. So if like college is when you're going in or I mean, that should even be a thing in high school when you're a senior, you know, before you even hit the summer, before you go into college, like you should definitely find out where your strengths and you know weaknesses are and, and start honing in on those careers that, you know, you could really thrive at and enjoy. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, I like I've been fortunate enough that like, you know, my mom, if for anyone that knows me that's listening, like and has met her, like my mom had me when she was 17. And like, um, like she had to raise me on her own. And like, 
you know, being a single teenage parent, like there's a lot of things that like she had to do on her own and she had to go through, you know, like the trials and tribulations of like learning the hard way. So like, for and like, you know, now she's, you know, successful and, you know, she like, I get though, I get those, like, I would say conversation starters from her because she's always like, yo, question everything because half the shit that you learn is not going to apply to you. And half the shit that you learn is a waste of your time and waste of your money. Like I remember, um senior year of high school i i was sitting with my counselor making picking my class list and she was like you need to take calculus because it'll prepare you for college and my mom was just like do you need to take calculus and i was just like i don't know she told me i had to and she's like well if it's an elective you don't like see if you could take life math and my counselor was just like no like it looks better for college and my mom like she didn't say it to the counselor but she said to me she's like john what the fuck is calculus going to do for you if you don't plan on being an engineer or something like life math? You can learn taxes. You can learn how to balance a checkbook. You can you could, you know, all of these things that are actually, you know, apply to the real world and everyday life. So, like, you know, I've always been having those conversations with my mom and she's always been putting that in my head of like, yo, yeah. don't just like don't just go with the flow because it's the norm of what people are doing. Like, try to figure out and try to, you know, go a little introspective and try to figure out like who you are, even though you're really young and like what type of life you want to live. And if it's like, Oh, I want to be a millionaire. Okay. Well then figure out what millionaires do. And if like, you know, get a glimpse of like, okay, if that's, you know, that's where, that's what they do. That's how they operate. Then, you know, see if that fits you kind of like what you were saying, like you witness your dad being a boss and you're like, yeah, nah, that ain't for me. Um, And, you know, I know sometimes I could come across the wrong way because it, you know, in a way seems, it seems like I'm challenging what the establishment had but like i just think that it's like so yeah and i just think it's so important that like you know i think that more kids should be you know put onto that but they're but they're just not and but i mean so you know going on going on next getting off that topic like you know you said you're not going to law school what do you what do you so right what are you now, doing now I are you like what industry to, are you in you know, now kind of not even put the pause on law school i just decided that's really not for me I mean, there's there's one uh, kind of idea that I have. If I do, if I, I the only way I would end up end up going to law school is if I have a, a company pay for me to go. So right now I've got like a couple of recruiters, which is also something I would suggest when you're coming out of college. If you're trying to find a job, I mean, I don't know if, if you're like in a metropolitan like city area, and it's you know there's a million jobs out there, and you don't know where the hell they are. I mean, there's like recruiters that you can find for every, you know, field and they really work pretty, pretty well with you and they communicate really well with you to find you a position. Uh, so I would definitely suggest that. But um, so I would I got to say that the only way I would end up going to law school right now for me is if a company pays for me to go. And uh, I, I've looked at some uh, paralegal and uh, legal assistant positions in the city at like different, uh, you know, corporate law firms that, you know, have the money and, and do send back some of their, uh, their employees to go to law school. I have a couple of buddies that actually are now at ones at Brooklyn law, ones at Fordham law and ones at Rutgers law that, uh, you know, just sent out an application, started working at a, a place in the city and now they're paying for them. And once they graduate, they go right back and they have a job. I mean, like, that's that's something that would definitely interest me. So I still have that kind of an avenue open, but I mean, with my background in um, in like the legal field and and me wanting to go to law school, I mean, there's different things that you can do, you know, in the finance uh, world that you know are, are easily transferable skills. Like 
you know, the compliance offices, I mean, there's compliance offices in like almost every company that, you know, like you can, you can find jobs in that. So, I mean, like I've been looking at a couple of places in New York, um, for like compliance positions. I mean, that's also, I mean, like I'm thinking about like my future and where I want to be and like, you know, something that would be like gratifying and, and a good experience for me. And I definitely want to find myself in the city. So I'll, I'll end up there at some point. Um, but that's been my driving force is finding a job there. And, uh, and the compliance role is like my, my initial, uh, avenue of getting there. Yeah. When you Bro, get you there, cause me? I know you will. Course, right right about house on fifth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. When you said that, when like the whole, like, uh, I mean, we won't get into it oh fully, but like when, when that whole like GameStop and AMC shit was going on and with like the wall street bets, like when you said that in our group chat, I was losing my mind because the way you said it was so fucking funny. You're just like, catch me Bro, in the heli landing we, on we, uh, we the sacks fifth rolling in the penthouse. It wasn't for that fucking Robin Hood <laughs> But I don't want to even get into it because I'll get pissed off. But (laughs) so, you know, I I was trying to get, uh, you know, you guys to like join in on the train. But like I had no idea about it. I mean, I'm not really a big Reddit dude. So, I mean, like I I have like every other form of social media. But when I got to Reddit, I was like, nah, this is just too weird for me. So um, my buddies that are on it, though, they like uh, my one friend, Brand, actually, uh, works in, in the city for TD. He called me at like 6 a.m. on like a Tuesday. And he's like, bro, wake up. I don't have the time to explain it, but like put half of your account, like whatever you got in savings right now onto your Robin Hood and just buy as much GameStop as you can. And I'm like, what? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? So I like went on there and I think the original share price when I got on was 30 bucks. And so, yeah, so I bought like, fuck, I, I bought a, a bunch, a bunch of shares. And like at the end of the day, it went up to like, I think 79 or 80 bucks at the end of the day when it closed. And I couldn't believe how much money I made in a day. I was like fucking blown away. So I sold every fucking share except for three shares. And I was like, there's no way it could go up much, much higher than this. The, the next day, at close, it was like three twenty three. I was the stupidest son of a bitch in the United States of America that day for selling all my shares. Well, Joe, you called me like how your buddy called you. I, I remember you called me. Um, I think it was like almost like seven thirty in the morning, and I was just like just waking up. And you, I, you called me like two or three times. I didn't answer. And yeah. You were just like texting me in all caps. You're like, bro, call me ASAP. Call me ASAP. And yeah. you're just like, dude, I called you. And you're just no, like, yo, like I can't explain. No you did the same like, thing. You're like, dude, I can't it's explain. Like it's just going to be one of the biggest. Uh... Every second it's going up. And down. <laughs> you just got to fucking just do it. Just if you, if you trust me enough to listen to me, if you're going to like actually do it, you just got to fucking just get in and, uh, and throw, throw down the shares.
Well, yeah, you like you called me and you were so animated and you're like, bro, I don't got time to explain. Just like, look at, I know, I know you're, you're, I know you're about, I know you're about making money. I know you're about like doing shit like this. I know you already have investments. Just, just put a grand on fucking. I'm like, and I remember I called Megan. Megan's always up at like four thirty in the morning, even though he lives in Cali. He's a fucking crackhead. And he, I called him and he's like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not listening to Mike. And then it was funny because I was, I was actually, dude, I was going to the dentist. I was going to the dentist and my buddy Zach, the one that went to Lake Erie, like he called me and he never, he never calls me about this shit. And he called me, he's like, bro, he's like, um, he's just like, he's like, you got time to talk. And I'm like, why? He's like, he said the same thing. He's like AMC, like all this shit. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And then I'm just like, all right. Like, and I looked and GameStop was only at, it was at 70. It was like $70. And I still was just like, (laughs) well like i'm not about to treat the stock market like a casino like if i'm investing i'm investing for the long haul like i'm not just trying to like flip and then i looked and then literally the following day it started at 70 and by like i would say by noon it was like over 150 and and i was like and i remember like we started a group chat and it was like me you Derek, megan and you know we're like i was because i'm you know working from home like because i get to make my own schedule for work like (laughs) I was pacing around the house like a fucking crackhead. I was just like, like, oh, like bro, you were watching like that fucking, shit like Fox. We were like texting each other like, like fucking dude. I mean, Fox. Even though like you said, fucking two different like was <laughs> going with everything. It was nuts. <laughs> dude, it's just crazy though because like obviously like not getting into it. Like I mean, I made obviously like you made a shit ton of money. Like I made a couple hundred just in one day, but. Um, like my plan was, I was going to flip that shit the and then try to buy, so, I mean, um, cause based on, answer. yeah. So like after, yeah. And after those shorts were happening and you were like sending us shit from like your boys and you're just like, yo, I don't even know if this <laughs> is real. I'm just telling you my buddies that are in finance, this is what they're telling me to yeah, do. And I, I remember I like, I was sitting there calculating like, all right. Like, yo, cause I was, dude, I, I was putting I in, I was agree, but I'm not now giving you financial advice. So I felt like I had to like stick something at the end of every text I sent. Like, just please be aware that I am I in no way know what the fuck I'm talking about. Blah blah blah. Yeah, and like yeah, that's so the thing is, I was just that. like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna take the risk because like my mindset was just like, yo, I'm like, if I can make, if I can make like over ten grand hypothetically like based on like yeah, you know like if that crazy. shit that that happened with robin hood didn't happen like we would have bought myself a job <laughs> yeah like that's what i'm saying like the conversation like we're yo we were sending each other wolf of wall street memes like we're sending each other wolf of wall street clips like we're just we're on facetime group chats acting like a fool like it was definitely funny oh, yeah. and like remember like something i'll remember for the rest of my life like just because uh like how many of us were involved in it and shit like that but i was my mindset was like dude if i can make 10 grand they tax you on the 10 grand. So rather than taking the money out, I'm just going to buy a shit ton of Facebook, Apple and like Amazon and invest for the long haul. But like, it's just funny because it's just like, it kind of goes to like the power of social media and like how quick, like the world we live in today moves because it's just like, we were on this shit like a week before it started blowing up on social media. And then like, I had buddies (laughs) calling me being like, yo, 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 tell me what I got to do. How do I make money? And it's just like, it's just like for the first time, like kind of going back to what we were talking about with school, it's like kind of the first time that like all of us, you know, as you know, we started talking about financial literacy and like investments. And it was kind of cool because it was like, it was kind of wavy in the sense of like 
everyone was talking about it. Like, even if you didn't know what the fuck was going on, people were just like, yo, what's this? What's this? What's a meme stock? What's this? And then you have Portnoy just <laughs> being Portnoy. So, like, it, it just took on, no, it, took it, media, it took it on uh, a world a of its own, which was pretty fucking funny. But... I mean, like, even when you were watching Bloomberg, they're like, they fucking were, like, all confused. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Like, no one had any idea of, like, how to handle this, if it was going <laughs> to pop at any point. But, I mean, just watching that, I mean, it kind of just shows that, you know, it, it's, it's it was just you know wild like the like investors i mean everyday investors can like fluctuate stocks like that it's like they're all jumping in on the same one so no dude it was just funny because like it was like such a big story um and it was even funnier because you were so fucking oh, well, animated dude. and you were all jazzed up and like you're <laughs> dude you were sending us you're sending us pictures you're sending us selfies of you in like like a, a fresh ass like suit <laughs> yeah, with like a fat stogie in your mouth and it's like it's like nine go, in the morning you work, you work, and you're like I, I you're like boys stuff. we're hitting it big like it just <laughs> yeah and it was funny because like uh like Megan is asking questions and you're just like listen buddy ask me one more fucking question I'm gonna tell <laughs> you, you know, to sell when you hold and yeah, I'm gonna tell you to hold you he gave me such a headache that week <laughs> holy shit. Bro, <laughs> no, he's a, he's a fucking. Yeah, he he's a fucking. That kid is all. Actually, bad. he is. He's a real oh, life. My. He's honestly a real life cartoon character. Actually, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was just. I mean, like I said, it was just fun because it was just like that. It, literally, since like college oh, yeah. or like alumni weekend, like that was probably like the most animated that we've all been like together like through texting through facetime and shit like that so that like was definitely fun and you know added some uh good vibes and some good humor especially during like everything that's going on with covid and shit but uh yeah so like you know to wrap things up here because i i have to press you for it um can you explain to me (laughs) because you've never given me an answer why are you a jags fan so, <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm, I'm so serious. Like, I don't yeah, understand. Like, well, how are you possibly um, ejected the Jaguars fan? I think the team was started in 95. My dad – well, I'll answer real quick. My dad. So, my dad's the reason why I'm a Jags fan. He went down – His owner? Uh, with his buddy. Shout out, Mr. Convery. He went down to Ponte Vigia. My, my family um, – Shout out, Mr. Convery. Down in Ponte Vigia, Florida, and – uh, you know, I've got a lot of family down for it. But anyway, he went down to visit our, my uh, uncle in Ponte Vedra. And uh, while he was down there, I mean, like, I think it was right after, like, uh-huh. I think, law, no, he was still in law school. I think he was on, like, a break or something. And um, he's down he's down there, and they start seeing, like, signs on the fucking side of the road, like, new NFL football team come to fucking Jacksonville, like, blah, 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 <laughs> buy your season tickets. And like, <laughs> bro, I guess I I guess I guess he wasn't completely sold on the Giants because he uh, he drove back to to fucking New Jersey at Jags, and I dealt with I think a like fucking maybe a twenty two and like two hundred thirty four record for my entire life. So it's been pr- it's been pretty shit. Yeah. Yo, that is Wait, so what, fucking funny. You're, well, you're no, what, dude, I only, I only, I only like stirring the pot with yeah, that what, because what I remember was, when what they was that like 2017. I think I remember yeah, the Bills. motherfucker, Buffalo Bills, right? 
Oh yeah, yeah. We played you guys. Oh in yeah, dude. That's right? how it all started between shout me and you. The shit talk yeah, and not yeah. Shout out there, because, Richard. Shout yeah, out Tom be... Greenway. Shout out Greg Weil. Shout yeah, out yeah in the playoffs and we lost. Nah, nah. He's a fake. He, don't, he doesn't watch football. Oh, you didn't give Megan a shout out. He might come at you. <laughs> he doesn't watch football. Yo, I know oh, for yeah? a fact oh, when yeah? he listens to this episode, and, and he's gonna be like, "Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, Mike." <laughs> oh my god. Oh, dude, it fucking clown. But yeah, dude, honestly, that's how it all started because uh, they that was that was the first playoff game I ever went no. in my entire life was no, uh, they didn't, they didn't in 2017 the when the Bills beat, beat the Jags because right like during the 90s, yeah, during the 90s, yeah. <laughs> oh my bad, my bad. I meant to say when they lost to the Jags, um, but but um, yeah, no, when they lost and you were just, I remember I didn't talk to you for like a hot like a hot week. Bro. I was just like, yo, don't fucking talk to me, don't snap me, don't text me, don't don't do nothing. Like I'm blocking you. And then uh, it's that same that same year, I ended up getting a chance to go to the AFC Championship game because uh, my my roommate Mark, um, when I was living in Boston, his his. Yeah. Uh, his uh, mom's boyfriend had seasons and he couldn't go, so we got to go to the AFC Championship. Oh, I thought they were going to. Um, <laughs> yeah, when they lost, like I thought they were going to go to the Super Bowl that year. I didn't think the Patriots were going to. Yeah, and then you guys had you guys had you guys had playoff Lenny. You had oh one of my favorites, the absolute dog that he is, Jalen Ramsey. You had Clay Campbell. Jack. You Miles had um, who's that Miles linebacker from, from Florida State away. that was a monster, like Tevlin or whatever. Talvin Smith was an absolute freak. Shopped them all um, You had Bro, such a solid I squad, I and then you guys just were, we had like, like the best. <laughs> you guys were just like, you know what, fuck it. <laughs> and then they just kicked them all away in like two years. But yeah, dude, it was <laughs> that fucking team. I, I get so pissed. It's all good though because we're gonna win a Super Bowl this year. I yeah. said it here first, March twenty fourth. Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence. Right. Well, you better team. you you better pump the fucking brakes on that because. Uh, Hundred percent. Mm, I mean, probably not. But I hey, wishful Bro, thinking. I'll let you have it. Um, do shit. Do know that there's a team called the Bills, right? Josh Allen is is so washed up. He's just. What do you mean? Right. He, he has no arm, no mobility. <laughs> you know what's funny? You know what's funny? I'm gonna I'm gonna start... Yeah, I wanna. I'm just gonna cut you off there for a second because you saying that is funny to me because I know that you know some people no, are no, so like ride or die with the bills over. that if you're just like hey, Josh Allen sucks, they're like what, and they like want to fucking kill you. <laughs> Podcast over. Not. All right, well we'll end it on that one. So, um, my guy, I appreciate you doing this. Um, yes, always sir, a pleasure man. getting you know getting to talk with you, and uh, hopefully, fucking this summer we'll get to link up soon since. Uh, Last summer, yeah, yeah, no, I thought I was going to the uh, same part of uh, the Jersey Shore that you were, and uh, we were like away, hours apart, we right next door. So that was kind of tough. Yeah, because they told yeah, me they're we'll like, yeah, we're gonna be in summer. Seaside Heights, yeah, I mean, like, and that's where you we were. And then we get there, Cabo, we're though. in Atlantic City. <laughs> now I know I need to. <laughs> yeah, with my game in Cabo. <laughs> oh yeah, Cabo with the money we could have, uh, we could have got off. Uh, GameStop and AMC, yeah, no, but I I gotta meet. I need to meet your boys too, because I didn't get a I didn't get a chance to go to Penn State with you guys when you guys all went. Bro, like, wouldn't you want to hang out? With like I need like I I need to ask them some questions and be like, yo. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, no, I'm being serious. Like, that's why I say that. I'm not saying that sarcastically. Like, it's like anytime I see oh, you, like, God. not even trying to, like, guess gl- you over glad nothing, glad I see you and I just, guy. like, I instantly laugh. I'm just like, all right, what the fuck is about to happen? <laughs> oh, I love it. But, yeah, no, so I of appreciate course, you doing man. this with me. And um, I, I, we're definitely going to have all more right, episodes you with piece. you, too. So. All right, I appreciate it, Mike. I'll talk awesome, to you. Awesome, man. Damn.